And I think also the flip side was true, realizing that there's a lot of wisdom and advice that comes out of the quote-unquote traditional monogamous world that actually is valid and still very applicable to non-monogamous relationships. Well, okay, exactly, (laughs) right? So we're quite used to from the traditional sex-negative, monogamous, heterosexual side of things, seeing all us weirdos as like, ew, gross, bad, dangerous, awful, like stay away from me. But then we also tend to look at the traditional monogamous folks and be like, what's wrong with them? They need to get over it. They're not enlightened. Like they need to shape up, right? And neither of those perspectives is 100% true. But first, a word from our sponsors. When your mission is beyond missionary, step up your game with Liberator. Their collection of transformable sex furniture and sex toy mounts will put you in sexual positions you never thought were possible. Use promo code MANHOR and save 40% off the best-selling wedge ramp combo at liberator.com. Welcome to the Man Whore Podcast. Shout out to the panty sniffers, the tummy ticklers, and the earlobe lickers. This is Billy Persita, and you're listening to the Man Whore Podcast. What's up? What's up? Welcome to the show. If you're new, welcome back. If you're not, We got a jam-packed episode this week. Yes, I have got on all three members, all three hosts of the Multi-Amory podcast. They're on to talk about their new book about relationship tools. Before we get to them, you're going to hear from Pleasure Educator and the brilliant mind behind the blog, Dildo or Dildon't. Carly S., she's helping me out with an advice question from one of y'all, and I've got some exciting new updates about tickets on sale, man con, and the like. And it's my birthday on Monday. When you see a porn star announce her birthday very specifically and publicly, it's a very good chance it's a fake birthday. Maybe it's her half birthday, it's a few days off. I just saw Ginger Banks, it's like, hey, it's May 30th, happy birthday to me, and I'm just like, is that even your real birthday, Ginger? Because, you know, sometimes you hide the real birthday to help hide your identity because the internet is full of scary people and scary people who don't know they're scary people but think they're just like really enthusiastic nice people which is also sometimes scary i tend to not run into too many issues like that like oh what someone's gonna buy me a birthday present and it's not gonna fit that's that's the most dangerous part but yeah birthday coming up Uh, i'm gonna go check out roller derby this saturday at prospect park i'm being quite specific with like my time and location i'm sure that'll go just fine but yeah no no gotham roller derby it's returning this saturday and i was like you know what that's what i want to do that's what i want to do for my birthday treat myself i'm gonna get a ticket i'm gonna go watch some like hot femmes with funny punny names hip check the shit out of each other while i enjoy five to six dollar beers i'm very excited i'm also excited to announce that tickets are now on sale for the naked comedy show june 16th yes naked stand up fresh off its hit in the new york freaking times we're returning to the orgy basement at hacienda Uh, we got two hot shows Two distinct lineups. And tickets are now on sale. Uh, You'll see a link at the top of the show notes. 
Again, the show notes is where anything and everything you could click on or need to know is going to be, but I do want to make sure you know that tickets are on sale. Link in the show notes. We sold out both shows last month. We've really sold out every show except the two in April. So you're going to want to get your tickets early ASAP. The last couple of weeks, I've had a ton of comics uh, and orgy people alike come up to me and be like, yeah, I know my parents sent me that New York Times article. And they're like, oh, do you know about this? And like the, the comedy people have to be like, yeah, I actually know that guy. And the Hacienda people have to pretend they don't know what Hacienda is. I'm really excited. We're going to have two great shows. Hope you'll come out. Uh, and, and if you want to check the rest of my upcoming stand-up dates where I keep my clothes on, uh, again, the show notes. Like tonight, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, uh, tonight I'm going to be at Easy Lover in Williamsburg at 9 p.m. Free show, pants on. Come out. Man Con 2023 is fast approaching. It's, it's coming up in just about two months, August 3rd through 6th. Very excited. Uh, we got people are coming out. We're about to have a party. We have already sold more weekend passes than we did at, at, Man, at the very first ManhorCon in 2017. Uh, one of the things we'll be doing at ManhorCon is going to Gunnison, the nude beach, weather pending. It's one of the many things we'll be doing at ManhorCon. Uh, we'll have a ton of social events, some performances. Uh, maybe an adult workshop or so, the bar crawl, all the hits. Most importantly, you're going to get to connect with fellow fan whores, with like-minded listeners for a fun-ass weekend in New York City, and you'll get to hang out with yours truly. Weekend passes are now on sale, and today, like today, Wednesday is the last day to get a discounted weekend pass okay because after today it's just going to be the normal full price i'll see you in august more news about man Con coming up in the coming weeks now i i know that i'm just a comedian with a fuck show in fact anytime anyone wants to place more responsibility upon my head with what i do i actually push back and be like i am just a comedian with a fuck show And I'm happy to give you advice and my thoughts about something or educate you about something when I can. But I also have the humility to know when I'm not the guy. And I recently got an advice question from one of y'all. And I thought, you know, I'm not the guy. I think there's someone who can better help with this. So I reached out to a friend of mine, uh, a new friend. She's She's a sex educator. She's a pleasure educator. She's a sex toy blogger. Her name is Carly S., She's going to help me out with uh, with an advice question right now about fat sex with bigger bodies and how to make it work. Let's go ask Carly for some help. Hey, everybody. I'm here with pleasure educator and sex toy blogger Carly S. Uh, here to help me out with an advice question. Welcome to the show, Carly. Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks for uh, being able to pop on and and help out with this one. I I have the humility to know when I'm just a chuckle fuck, uh, non-expert. So I was like, let's, let's get somebody who can maybe actually assist with this one. Cause I, my heart, my heart feels for this guy and his wife. And, uh, I want him to get actual help. So I got this email. He writes, hello, Billy. I'm a married straight white male, age 60 in a monogamous relationship with my wife of 13 years for the last six and a half years. We have not had sex. Yes, you read correctly. 
I finally broke the ice by giving my wife an ultimatum that I could not live like this any longer. We've had many conversations and the last three months have been glorious, spontaneous, downright animalistic, which like go them for, you know, hey, I got an issue. Let's talk about it. And now we're trying new things. I love that. Exactly. Yeah, that's like step one of all the things. So, so already bonus points, but he says in the six years of celibacy, we both gained a bunch of weight. I went from 220 pounds to about 335 pounds. My wife also gained quite a bit of weight as well. Due to the extra fat around my genitals, my dick went from about six inches to about four. I can just barely see my head over my hand when it's fully erect. And we are having a hard time trying to get the P in the V. Our bellies are getting in the way, and with the extra fat we've produced, it's next to impossible to achieve intercourse. We have tried several things, and all we can get is the head of my cock in her pussy. To remedy this, I have uh, gone on a diet counting calories, and I've lost 40 pounds so far, mazel, Uh, and she is trying to lose weight too so that our fat loss would possibly allow my dick to get closer to her pussy. Our sex is great using toys in our hands. Shout out sex without a P in the V is still sex. Oh, Good yeah. job. Exactly. <laughs> but, uh, and, and I can get her to come three or four times while I, while I just leak a little. I've been using pills for my erectile dysfunction and they seem to work and I'm glad for that. But what we really want is some sort of way or some training, some trick that will give us different positions in which I can get my cock closer, dare I say, in to her pussy. We do have a new zest in life and love at her ages. She stood behind me regardless of our relationship. And now I want to give her what she really wants, me inside her. I have a Pornhub account. I've been checking out BBWs. And you know, <laughs> I love this. He's like, I'm checking out the pros. I'm seeing what they're doing out there. I'm checking out uh, BBWs on Pornhub to see what they're doing, how they get cocks inside. But most of what I see on there are six inch plus cocks. Anyways, love your podcast. Keep up the good work. Sincerely, uh, old fan whore. We'll call him W. Uh, Carly, what? What? How do we help? How do we help these two? Yeah. Well, first, I think it's great that they're looking outside of PNV for pleasure in general because that would be the first thing that I would say is to deprioritize that just because. Penetration doesn't have to be the end-all be-all. It can be great. It can be really fun. But like hands, mouths, toys, armpits, everything can be really exciting. Like especially like when you get a really great voluptuous body, there's lots of other soft folds that you could penetrate. <laughs> like you just Wait, are never you, are know. You, are you advocating for fold fucking? Yeah. If that's something that could feel good for you, then why not, right? So that's first. I'm not against it. It, you know, sex is really just thrusting and grinding and humping and licking and sucking, right? Carly, do you have do you have a favorite fold? My personal favorite is the one between the belly and the thigh. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good crease. Inner arm, inner thigh, armpit, back of the knee. Those are all places that are really sensitive that you never know could feel good enough for you to experience pleasure from. So that's one thought. But another thought is positioning pillows. I really love the Liberator ones. By all means, like, give your pillows at home a try. But, like, it's not quite the same because, like, where pillows get squished. And also, like, you don't want to sleep on the pillow that you just came on. Speak for yourself, Carly. Yeah, I mean, listen, if that's your kink, then by all means, go for it. 
Well, laziness is my kink. <laughs> there you go. But yeah, the Liberator pillows, they're like this like denser foam that's still really soft. And it's good. It's great for plus size bodies. It's great for people with accessibility needs. And it can just put you in better positions to kind of give you more access to all the fun bits. So like putting up your like partner that's looking for penetration on the wedge to kind of lift their butt up and kind of open things up more will kind of give you more access to their bits, no matter how much, you know, voluptuous body there is there. Mm. So liberator pillows, definitely the way to go for that. And then there's also all kinds of positioning aids. Like I always like to say work smarter and not harder. There's all kinds of things to like get a little bit more leverage because really that's, that becomes the issue when things get soft. That's why it's really hard to fuck on a soft bed, right? Cause you can't get leverage when bodies are soft. That can be the case too. So like a doggy rider, which is just a strap that can go around someone's waist um, can pull your partner closer to you and help you get deeper penetration. What's so a, do- what's a, a doggy rider? Yeah, so Sports Sheets makes it. It's okay. just like a, a strap that can like go uh, around someone's waist and kind of like pull them closer to you. Or like you can hook it under someone's butt if you're riding on top of them to kind of give you leverage. And okay. that can really help. So like if you're just getting the head in and now you just need a little more leverage, a doggy rider can pull your partner closer to you. And also a penis extender. Penis extenders can be really, really fun. I like barely know what a penis extender is. I've, I've kind of seen some pictures. How, what is a penis ex- extender and how does it work? And also how does like the one with the penis still feel pleasure with the dick in it? There's a lot of different versions of them. There are ones that are really firm for folks with erectile dysfunction. So like if you have a problem getting an erection, it'll be firm so that you don't have to worry about being erect in the sheath. But basically, it's just a hollow dildo that you can put your penis into and then penetrate your partner. And they come in varying degrees of like firmness, depending on how much of an assist you might need. And they come in now, you can really get them in anything from like a horse penis to an alien tentacle to a realistic cock. Like Mm. the options are really endless. If you want to look down and see like a tentacle coming out of your crotch, you could have that happen. So like fantasies abound. Uh, But the softer ones are really great because they're soft for the wearer and the receiver. So like, it's kind of like the person wearing it is like fucking a sleeve while they're fucking you. So they get stimulation because it's like the soft sleeve that's stroking them while they're penetrating you. Cause most of them will have texture on the inside. Okay. So like there is some sort of fruit. Cause I always understood the basic concept of like, okay, we're going to, cause I, I mean, I think they had these in like Shakespeare's times, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They've existed. I, I feel like these are one of the first sex toys. Cause like, if it's going to be a thing, it's going to be a penis. Right. <laughs> Right. And it's like the idea of just like, okay, like you're going to put your cock inside of a bigger cock and then you fuck like a strap on. But just I never understood the idea, the idea of like, how does that feel good for the penis haver or if it's not supposed to. So you're saying some of them are kind of like full on sleeves so that you're getting some friction inside. Exactly. Yeah. Like ox balls is a really good one for to look up if you're looking for a soft one. And again, Spectrum has them. Um I think the the daddy sheath is one of the bigger ones. So like that's for someone who's looking to add like a lot of length and a lot of girth. So depending on like how much you really want to add, there's options too. Those maybe like for those with smaller penises or having some like fat barrier issues, 
that maybe is probably the most straightforward way to go. Like yeah, the most guaranteed I mean, yeah, way to go. If you need just logistically more length and girth, you could buy it. It's like a push-up bra for your dick, right? Right. <laughs> Sun he expressed is real, and I've, I've read about this before. Uh, you know, gaining weight does take away inches off of a cock. Uh, so it's like for every like 25 pounds you gain or lose, like you gain or lose half an inch, I think is like the rough metric that they say so when he said like he's gained a little over 100 pounds and he's lost about two inches you know that really tracks follows, yeah and so it's it's not just losing weight in order to like have less belly and on belly pushing away it's also mm-hmm. so he can get some inches back yeah uh, to, to get inside of her yeah uh, so and honestly like even doing stretches would help because like the more limber you are with your body the the easier it's going to be to get into harder positions that you know, a bigger body might have a harder time getting into. But you're talking about being able, so that was like, say she could get like her her legs up and over and wider. Yeah, you'll be able to get into just uh, positions that might get you more access to your bits. But something when I first even texted you about this was simply like, there's a lot of trial and error. Like, what, is, what has been your experience? Maybe like when you've been with like a larger gentleman or someone with a smaller penis. Yeah, my experience is that everyone is going to be different because everyone has such different needs. So like what has worked for one person might not work for another because like even just the fact of bringing up a penis extender with someone might, you know, be a problem to someone because they might be like, oh, is my penis not good enough or Mm. have any sort of feelings about it when it's really just like you wouldn't shame someone for using a ladder to reach a high shelf, right? So why would you shame someone for using this tool that's helping them achieve pleasure? So it sounds like, you know, tr- whether you going with, uh, you know, purchasing some sex toy items, whether it's weight loss or even just trying a lot of positions until you find the ones that work, uh, you know, there's hope to be had with these two. Absolutely. There's always hope. Mm-hmm. Well, Carly, thank you so much for uh, jumping on. I hope I hope they've uh, taken your advice and uh, are going to go do a lot of experimenting. But where can people go to find you, follow you, uh, check out more of your work? You have a whole ass blog. You've got a really hot Instagram page and OnlyFans. You, you do a lot of fun, sexy stuff. Yeah, there's lots of ways to interact with me. I am makeup and sin on pretty much every social media platform. So like... Instagram, TikTok, if you play Pokemon Go, that's my screen name on there. So like, that's my brand. (laughs) Um, My blog is dildo or dildon't.com. And um, if uh, you want to see my spicy content, it's linked there. But also you can always look up Chloe Venom. That's my spicy alter ego. Yeah, so you can see me do anything from review the toys to use them to wear lingerie or ask me really, really personal questions, you know, (laughs) options. Very cool. Very cool. Well, Carly, thank you so much again. And uh, why don't you go ahead and say goodbye to everybody. Goodbye, everybody. My birthday is coming up on Monday. And, you know, instead of asking you for stuff for my birthday, I just want to give you stuff for my birthday. So I am bringing back the free trials on Patreon. Yes, I am bringing back free trials to my Patreon community for the month of June, for my birthday month. I'll start a day early, but starting today, if you head on over to patreon.com slash podcast, you can sign up for my $5 tier for free and try out all the sweet, sweet bennies, all the behind the scenes content, all the bonus episodes. 
the Discord community benefits. Give it a try. See if you think I'm worth five bucks a month. One person who didn't need to try it out for free, she just knew that I am worth it because I show up here every Wednesday bringing you sex-positive content into your ear holes. And I want to give her a quick fan whore appreciation moment. Jana Burgart. Jana Burgart? I'm going to go with Jana, but it feels like it could be a Jana. Either way, Jana, Jana, yo, thank you for supporting the Man Whore Podcast on Patreon. All the way from the land of the maple syrup. I appreciate you. Become a member today, support the pod you love, and enjoy your benefits at patreon.com slash Podcast, Or download the Patreon app and you can find me on there. I said my birthday is Monday. And I said I want to give you stuff for my birthday. I want to give you a free trial to my Patreon. I want to give you something. I want to give you a free gift. That's what I want to do for my birthday. So for my birthday month of June, I'm going to send you out some free Man Whore Podcast stickers. All you got to do is you got to share a link to the Man Whore Podcast on Main. I've heard some people say they're concerned that sharing the podcast reveals something about themselves. But don't forget, this is just a comedy podcast. You can share it and say it's really funny, just like you talk about episodes of Sex in the City. And if you claim me publicly the way one of my ex-girlfriends would not on Instagram, uh, <laughs> I'm going to send you some free shit. So again, um, share a link to the Man Whore Podcast. Remember, got to do a link, and it's got to be on some sort of a main account Tag me or send me a screenshot and uh, I'll hook you up. I even have some uh, Stay Slutty keychains left. I'll throw in there for the first few. And hey, if that if you, if you can't do that, if you don't want to do that, you can always just uh, celebrate my birthday by joining the Patreon, which again, you can do for free. And now for this week's guest uh, of whose Patreon I am a member for many years. Uh, Jace Lindgren, Dedeker Winston, Emily Matlock, they all host the Multi-Amory podcast, which is about relationship tools and communication strategies. You know, a lot of people recommend it as a polyamorous podcast, but honestly, I think it's a great podcast for anybody because these tools can be used in all sorts of relationships. Anyways, they've got a book out now. Uh, it, it just came out this month. It's called Multi-Amory Essential Tools for Modern Relationships. I was lucky enough to get all three of them on a call across our various time zones and chat with them about the book. If you'd like to buy the book, okay, I've got a link in the show notes. And if you use that link as opposed to whatever other Amazon, uh, you know, that you might go shop for it at, okay, when you use my bookshop.org link in the show notes, not only are you getting yourself a fantastic book about relationship tools, not only are you supporting an independent bookstore that the website hooks you up with? Okay, I also get a little mm, commission on the back end. Okay, you're supporting like three different indies in one purchase just by using my bookshop.org link in the show notes. Now, Jace Lindgren and Dedeker Winston have both been uh, on the Man Whore podcast before. Jace was on way back in 2019 on episode 250. And Dedeker, she was on uh, last year on episode 434. In case you missed their episodes, go check them out after you listen to this one. I'll put links, you know where. But now let's go do relationships differently with the multi 
as we age, our bodies are changing. Certain parts need more support than they used to. Other areas are getting a little sore or faster. And that's why it's important to make sex more comfortable. And that's where Liberator comes in. Liberator has been making fuck furniture to make sex more comfortable, more pleasurable, and last longer for decades. Their best-selling wedge ramp combo gets you in the right positions just a little easier, just a little bit more comfortable, which means you're ready to be in that position longer and harder. And you can get 40% off Liberator's wedge ramp combo when you use promo code MANWHORE at liberator.com. Or you can click the link at the top of the notes to go right to the product. Again, 40% off their best-selling wedge ramp combo with promo code MANHOR. Or you can just browse around liberator.com and upgrade your sex life today. Amory Crew. Okay, and I'm here right now with the co-hosts of the hit show Multi-Amory, uh, who have a new book coming out soon called Multi-Amory Essential Tools for Modern Relationships. <laughs> What's up? Dedeker Winston, Jace Lindgren, and uh, Emily Matlack. Hello, hello. Hi. Hello. We hello, briefly hello. considered this making the subtitle Tools for Tools. Yeah, you know, you <laughs> exactly. Right. We had a long list, a long list of potential titles, and that was one of them. No, we seriously had a list sure. of like what, like thirty-five different subtitles that our agents just kind of went through and like crossed out, crossed out, crossed out, crossed out, crossed out. <laughs> Even maybe this left one, two left over that they liked. Even this one, they were like, "Yeah, that's uh, that's getting there," and then it just <laughs> ended up being the one that that stayed. So I don't know. Wait, I don't know. What, what were some favorite? Better. Were there any favorites that you just like cried over at not being picked? Do you each have a favorite? Maybe. <sighs> Gosh, Gosh, I, I think I liked this one. Like the mo- oh, really? yeah, you can pull it up. Well, the modern mm-hmm. relationships, I've definitely, you know, I really appreciate that title just because I think non-monogamy and sort of the trajectory of where we're headed in terms of relationship styles is more modern, as it were. I sorry, hold on, pause. I think both Jason and I are trying to pull up that document. That's what's happening. Oh, okay. right of course. Now. Yeah. Of the two it. of you, of everybody here, I did figure it would be y'all who would be like, there is a doc. Let's just have a. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I was like, there I'm just doc. not going to do that. Go for it. <laughs> I, so, I mean, personally, I don't, this probably ended up in our list. I always really like referencing relationship nerds and process mm. nerds you know so i thought about something about like tools for relationship nerds or relationship geeks or stuff like that which i think they crossed out because they didn't want to make the niche too fine as far as making it just for geeky people but like the reality is like the people that listen to our show and really resonate with our show they have to be into some relationship geekery or process geekery or for communication sure. geekery in some way right and like non-monogamy and poly is filled with geeks. I mean, like yes. it was yeah. the trope oh, yeah. was like the musical theater nerds were fucking and kinky. <laughs> and I feel like, you know, the non-monogamy people are a bunch of dorks. And like, but like <laughs> we're the ones out here either, you know, dating around, having fun. I don't know. You go to like any like really cool sex party and like most of the people there are total D&D dorks or something, mm-hmm. right? Like, yep, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm like, you have to be to the publisher. No, no, no. Geeks are cool. They're cool right. now. There you go. <laughs> Trust us. Yeah. Trust us. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. Actually, I was talking to my mom about her new husband a while back and I said, oh yeah, he's totally a nerd because he's got like Star Wars posters up and, you know, his like collection of bobbleheads and stuff and she got all up like, no, 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 he's, he's not a nerd. He just likes, I'm like, no, no, mom, it, that's it's cool, cool now. Cool it's now. cool to be a nerd. 
Don't worry. Marvel it's like also rules mom, the it's world. Like everybody. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Yep. And and so, you know, I've, uh, I've I've ripped through the book, uh, which as a multi-Amory fan myself, uh, I'm, I'm on y'all's Patreon. Like I'm a I've been listening lo- as soon as I realized y'all existed. I was like, I'm into this. Um, we've both been going since like 2014. And something yeah. I've always marveled at. And I think I brought it up the last time I saw y'all was Jesus. Every, almost nine years. You still come up with like specified episode topics mm. and remixes of old topics. I don't know how you do it. Well, there's a lot I, to talk about. There's so much to talk about. Yeah. And it helps that, you know, I mean, we're all in relationships or dating or like it's, it's a very rich, fertile soil that's constantly producing all kinds of wild plants. If I'm allowed to, take a metaphor a little bit too far. There's always stuff to talk about. There's always stuff that's coming up, whether it's negative stuff like, oh gosh, I got into my fight with a fight with my partner about this topic. Let's do a deep dive into this particular topic or really good stuff or all the stuff that our community brings. Like I think that's one of the cool things about having a podcast is like the community of listeners that's sprung up around our show also talking about what's going on in their lives, talking about the things that are on the top of their minds. It, you know, coming up with topics isn't necessarily easy, but it's a lot easier than working in like a total vacuum. If we were doing a podcast about like, I don't know, like literally like vacuum repair or something like that. <laughs> I bet we could find some innovative things to talk about in vacuum repair. I, okay, I wouldn't well, put that in the next us. season of multi-amory. <laughs> yeah. We joke about that all the time. Jace is like, okay, on this episode of multi instrument or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just anything that we can find to make it into a multi-amory spinoff show. And even just looking at the table of contents, I recognize a lot of like almost episode titles yeah. uh, in the sections or in the table of contents, chewers versus spewers, uh, the Triforce of Communication, which is, changes your outlook on life when you learn, <laughs> try, especially I think as like a guy person thing, because like, you know, what's mm. the typical male response to when someone has a share is how do I fix it? But that's not always totally. what you need. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's a right. lot of that through here. And I guess I- I'm curious which tools in the book are do you personally still struggle with? Ooh, I still struggle Ooh. with. What a good That's- question. I think for myself, radar is a challenging one and always has been because even though it is a safe container, it's difficult at times within the radar structure to not get a little, I guess, contentious with your partner at times. And... So basically, uh, Radar is this monthly checkup that we created um, sort of with non-monogamous people in mind. But it's great because it it is meant to be a safe container that you can bring any issues that come up or any great things that come up throughout the course of the month and then sort of have a state of the union about them with your partner. But I do think that at times... It can, you know, make you a little bit of in a place of bracing for impact and knowing like, okay, we got this coming up. We're going to do it. It's going to be intense. And that at times still happens for me, even though I've done it, you know, a million times at this point. And I know how great it can be, but also the challenges that can come up. That's hard to sometimes. I think for me, I probably struggle the most with the repair shop tool. And that's a tool that it's not 
been as popular with our audience. But funnily enough, it's a tool that I use all the freaking time with my clients, specifically when I'm working with couples or when I'm working with triads. It's a framework for basically processing past conflict, right? You know, so everyone gets a chance to kind of share their version of the story of how the conflict went down. Everyone gets a chance to talk about the history of like what got activated, what feelings came up. Everyone has an opportunity to take some ownership for how they contributed to the communication breakdown happening. And then there's a chance at the end to talk about prevention, about like, okay, what's our takeaway from going through this conflict? What's our takeaway from, you know, what was revealed during this conflict? What are we going to do next time to make sure that we don't have a similar communication breakdown? It's a great framework I think (laughs) that I absolutely love and use every single day when I'm on the side of helping other people facilitate it, but I don't always want to turn toward it myself because in conflict, you feel angry and shitty and kind of closed off. And so sometimes for me, it's hard to get out of that mode to want to go through that with a partner. It is helpful though. I have found it's a helpful tool to combine with a radar because in our radar check-in process, like one of the topics that we have people go through is talking about fights or arguments or conflicts that happened in the past month or so. And I do think it's a great tool to slot in there. If there's a conflict that maybe happened a couple of weeks ago, you didn't really have a chance to process it together or get a sense of, hey, what actually happened now that we're here together, more calm, more collected. Uh, it is a good tool to kind of work together in that way. But I would say that I, I think it's the one I struggle the most when I put myself in the hot seat. Mm-hmm. What about you, Jace? Yeah, it's funny that that actually the one of the ones that comes to mind for me is not one of the main six tools that we cover in the book, but is one of the ones in our extra tools section where we have sort of all sorts of other tools, some by us, some by other people, and it's uh, halting. It's mm. basically, I know it's like when you're Such getting important one. He, yeah, you're getting heated about something, or you're getting tired, or you're getting frustrated that stopping and giving yourself time to kind of recollect and whatever. And I think for me as someone who, for good and bad, you know, I have trouble putting down a problem until I've solved it, right? Whether that's like trying to figure out something on my computer or trying to like fix something in the house or like a discussion that I should probably just stop and walk away from and, you know, settle down for a bit and then come back and discuss it later. uh, That that's, just hard uh, to to do that sometimes. It's like, no, but I want to solve it. I want to fix it. I want to talk through this and fix it. And sometimes that's not actually the best approach. And are you all able to like kind of catch yourselves in the moment of these things? Or is it kind of afterwards you're like, ah, fuck, man, that we've covered that in like 17 episodes. I should have <laughs> you know, known better, right? A little column A, a little column yeah, A. That's yeah, a mix. Like, yeah. Yeah. I would like to believe that in my relationships, my, what do I want to call it? I guess the cycle of maybe getting annoyed, getting upset, having not the most effective communication or being a little bit snippy or whatever, to catching myself and realizing, okay, there's a better way to do this. I need to take a break or I just need to take a breath or I need to communicate about this in a more loving way or I need to ask some questions because clearly I'm not understanding where my partner's coming from to then having more effective communication. I like to believe over the course of the nine years of the podcast that that cycle at least has started to get faster and into a more compressed time frame versus, you know, when I was younger, where that whole process could take, I don't know, maybe weeks sometimes. 
And and now just real quick, nine years ago, Dedeker, you weren't doing relationship coaching at all, right? No, no, I wasn't. No, no. No. You were and living so a here's whole what, other life. Yeah. Right. And so it was interesting is of the four of us, we were all performers and had various, you know, mm-hmm. day job stuff going on when we all started um, our podcast. But y'all were very willing to go in the direction of like, I don't want to say expertise, but just in like kind of trying to teach and guide and recommend and I never wanted that responsibility. Mm-hmm. I was like, sure. I'm just a comedian with a fuck show. I please don't uh, <laughs> hold me to the to that. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it, it's interesting to like, you know, know that you still have, you know, is it, is it tough to still struggle and yet also have a book where you are teaching people tools that you're still working on implementing yourselves? Uh, I, I don't know if it's that tough, honestly, because at the end of the day, I think we've come to a place where at least for me, it's a little bit easier on the show to just be authentic and say, yeah, I really struggle with this. Or let me share with you a story of when I totally fucked this up and learned my lesson. And and we did try to rope that into the book as well. Like we have sections where we have these little kind of breakout sections where each of us tells sort of a personal story. Usually it's about a time we, we messed something up, right? Usually it's not a story of victory and success, you know? And yeah, y'all do a good job, by the way, of not going like, here's a story of where my ex fucked up. It's usually oh, a, gosh. Oh, no. this, yeah. here's where mm-hmm. I could have done better. Something I think we all are. No, you know, we tell I, those stories privately to, to each other, but I don't, <laughs> I don't necessarily want to use that as a teaching lesson for somebody else. I don't know, because at the end of the day, we like we really are just like three chuckleheads who on so many relationship topics have just decided to go past the first page of Google or have decided to try to gain access to like, you know, academic studies through both legitimate and completely non-legitimate means just to learn, right? Like we're also learning. Um, Mm -hmm. We haven't done any like primary research ourselves other than, you know, applying tools to our own relationships and then reporting back on what's happened or getting feedback from our audience about what happens when they apply these tools in their relationships. Like we're all figuring it out as we go along as well. Mm -hmm. And yeah, something that I like uh, to, I I recommend your show to like everybody, you know, it used to be a show where it was so focused on polyamory and polyamorous relationships. You know, for those who don't know, y'all started the show when you were all three dating each other. Uh, that is no longer the case. Right. And, but slowly it expanded where I, it's a show for anyone who wants to date better and be in better relationships, monogamous, vanilla, kinky, non-monogamous, whatever it is. When did you three realize that this these relationship strategies y'all were discussing, when did you realize they were useful for anyone, not just poly people? That's a good I question, mean- I think. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I think it started happening when I became monogamous. And, you know, it, when Jay Stedeker and I were no longer in a relationship together, I was dating another person and the two of us tried polyamory together and it didn't really work out. Um, It didn't really work as well for him and for our relationship. But I think I realized as I was continuing on my more monogamous journey with him that I was still utilizing so many of the things that we were talking about on a weekly basis. And it made sense. Jay Stedeker, I'm halting. I'm, I'm halting. We're <laughs> monogamous, but I'm still halting. Of course. It's crazy. Yeah, uh-huh. exactly. It's a, or using radar, using the Triforce or any of the above, you know, all of the stuff that we talk about in the book. And it really, it's applicable to anyone. And I think that that's so great because we don't always have 
you know, out there in the world, these models for us of non-monogamous people or of people in sort of alternative relationships. It really is just so often the mom and dad who, you know, got married as college sweethearts and then stayed together for 87 years or whatever. And that's it. And that is supposed to equal success. And I love the fact that, you know, this book hopefully can show other models of success or other models of healthy relationships or relationships that are trying to get there. And they don't just have to look one way. And I think also the flip side was true, realizing that there's a lot of wisdom and advice that comes out of the quote unquote traditional monogamous world that actually is valid and still very applicable to non-monogamous relationships. Well, okay, exactly. (laughs) Right. Because within the non-monogamous community, I think both of these communities, like, you know, the traditional monogamous folks and then all of us non-monogamous weirdos, there can still be this default othering, right? So we're quite used to from the traditional sex negative, monogamous, heterosexual, you know, or heterocentric side of things, seeing all us weirdos is like, ew, gross, bad, dangerous, awful, like stay away from me. But then we also tend to look at the traditional monogamous folks and be like, what's wrong with them? They need to get over it. They're not enlightened. Like they need to shape up. Right. And neither of those perspectives is 100% true. I think a really great example of this is what Jessica Fern did with her book, Polysecure, right? Where most of the research about attachment theory either is about parents and kids or it's you know, looking through a very traditional monogamous lens. But clearly, attachment theory is something that's very applicable within non-monogamous relationships as well. And if anything, understanding attachment theory helps people do non-monogamous relationships better. So it's not that like, you know, attachment theory is only for monogamous people, but it's always been presented just through that lens, right? And so having someone like Jessica Fern to take that and then translate it and find the particularly unique ways that that can apply for non-monogamous folks was clearly really valuable. You know, people love her book. Her book is fantastic, right? And so I think it's a lot of the same with what we've been doing with the show. It's both like, what is the research and then what is like the community wisdom about non-monogamous practices that could help people who choose monogamy and also vice versa. What are the things that um, researchers and therapists and stuff have been doing and saying to help support these monogamous relationships and how might that still be applicable in non-monogamous relationships, right? Because I do think we went through a phase for a while with non-monogamy advice where it was all about your partner's jealousy is their problem. You know, they need to take responsibility for their emotions. You need the freedom to do whatever it is the heck that you want, right? Which some of that is true. And also we often tend to ignore. And also there's some very fundamental building blocks that go into relationship that we can't ignore if you want to actually have happy, healthy, sustainable non-monogamy. Mm-hmm. So do you think that some of the original, like what you just said, the, uh, oh, that's their pro-, Do you think some of that has maybe not changed for you three, but you now have, it's evolved and there's more context when you give that type of advice or feedback? <sighs> Yeah, I think it's just gotten more complex, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's gotten more nuanced. I mean, I know I can speak for myself that something that really changed my perspective on a lot of things was working with clients, right? Was suddenly being exposed to people in such a wide array of relationship practices, not just this binary of, oh, the non-monogamous folks and the monogamous folks, but 
everything in between, every single iteration that you can think of. And not everybody's practicing exactly the way that I think that I would practice or using the rules that I think that I would use or things like that. And so I know for me, that really forced me to stretch and see a lot of people's different relationship practices as legitimate and find ways to validate that and also find ways to kind of tailor our own advice and approaches accordingly, if that makes sense. The truth is that so many things, we all want these really cut and dry black and white answers. So that like, oh, you're feeling jealous. That's your problem, not mine. Or, you know, oh, a person did this thing that is inherently bad, that inherently makes them a bad person. And so I should cut them out of all communities that they know, right? We want these like clear cut black and white, if X, then Y. And the reality of life is that it doesn't work that way. And actually, if you try to operate your life that way, even if it's coming from a good place, you just end up like an asshole. And so I think that's one of the reasons why I think sometimes from a marketing point of view, we struggle on our podcast because we don't want to give these just snappy, quippy, here's the rule. It's going to fix all your shit. Oh, it didn't work for you. You must have done it wrong. Like instead, we try to <laughs> come at it from this very like, well, it depends. And let's talk about and let's explore the different ways that could go to actually make good relationships, but maybe slightly less good sound bites for the media. I think. We try to get into the like minutia of a topic and all of it generally at the end of the day, we say like, take what you like and leave the rest out and that's it. And like, you're not going to resonate with every single thing that we say and you're not going to necessarily use or agree with everything that we say either. And that's totally okay because your situation is yours and what it is that you're going through within your relationship is going to be completely dependent on your circumstance and so many other variety of things that happen. And I think, uh, yeah, I think our, our community understands that and hopefully it, it still makes people want to come back to us over and over again, even though we're not giving those like quippy sound bites and <laughs> saying this person is bad always. And, you know, fuck these people or whatever. We leave the quippy sound bites to you, Billy. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So I'm I'm not gonna read this book and be like, and then and then get into a fight with a partner and be like, well, they said in the multi Amory book that it is you, you know. <laughs> I think that's a definitely a trend in the in the non-monogamy world where like, well, I finally read more than two where I read the ethical slut, and so it said this, and therefore it must that's be it. the Bible yeah. as opposed to yeah. here's some tools, some will mm -hmm. work, some won't. Some will be good for you. Some won't be. Figure it out. Have some grace with people. Yeah. Try I mean, to, I try also, to I want to have some compassion for the urge to do that, right? I mean, I did the yeah. same because like you you decide to start practicing something that's not the norm and you're grasping at whatever resource you can or what whatever model you can, right? For most of us, you maybe had a decade or several decades of a lot of exposure to what a quote unquote normal monogamous relationship looks like and very little exposure to anything outside of that. And so there's a lot of lost time and hours of both passive and, and active education to be made up for. And I think that's intimidating and overwhelming. It can feel like the rug has been pulled out from underneath you. And so if someone does come along and is like, this is the agreement you should have, this is the boundary you should have, this is exactly what you should ask a partner to do, this is exactly how you should be dating, that can feel really comforting. And sometimes that can be a helpful training wheel 
perhaps, you know, I think when you're first kind of figuring out what you want and how you want to date and how you want to relate to other people. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I think that there's a reason why we see that happening in the non-monogamous community is because sometimes we don't have anything else to grab onto. We don't have... Most of the time, we don't have several generations of, oh, everyone in my family has been doing relationships in this way. And so I have lots of models and lots of people to talk to and ask about what you they can't did. can't always when... call mom unless mom was really cool in the 60s. You know? can't it's always like, call mom. Right. I <laughs> right mean, now. not to cast aspersions on my mom. I feel like I could barely talk to my mom about even monogamous stuff. Mm. You know? Like, it's, right. yeah. 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 And in the dedication of the book, you you y'all write, and I thought this was sweet, to all our listeners and supporters for pushing us to grow, evolve, and improve our own communication skills, you've taught us more than you'll know. What did you learn from the multi-amory crowd? Gosh. Wow, gosh. <laughs> what didn't oh, we learn so much? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it really fundamentally from like the very beginning, we learned a lot about, you know, this word isn't really okay to say, or you should try to not specifically say you guys all the time, even like that's something that I take with me in my life and and try to like not be so gendered in my language, for example. But also just I think it's, people call us out if they don't particularly agree with something that we said. And it's interesting to go back and think about that a little bit harder and think, well, maybe if we do this in a couple years again, like this same episode topic and, and do a, a redo of it, what have we learned since then? I really appreciate that they push us to think about things over again. I think there's a, a few sides to it. There's one side is that, right? That we have an audience who, you know, will will bring stuff up if they're like, I think this thing that you said was wrong or whatever. And often, even if we don't agree with them completely, it's like, oh, but actually, no, but I see where they're coming from. That makes sense. How can we learn from that and incorporate that better and think about it? Like, we try not to go to that knee-jerk, just like defensive reaction that's so easy to go to, but instead, you know, and it helps having each other to kind of bounce the ideas off of, but instead to think about it and consider it. But also, I think because we're nerds and we do this show where we talk a lot about research and, you know, things that we've read and things we're finding out, our audience is the same. Or, you know, we tend to attract a lot of people that are the same. And so we also get a lot of great suggestions from our audience, specifically from our Patreon community, that's like, oh, hey, I heard about this new study, or I learned about this new concept recently. What do you think? You know, even just in conversation with each other, and that helps us to understand better. Or them talking about something we said and realizing, oh, no, they didn't quite get what we were trying to communicate. How can we do that better? So I feel like in all sorts of different areas, like getting that just experience of what people are talking to us about and also to each other about has helped us to improve the show over time. So we've gotten to learn from our audience also in these really tangible, practical ways in the sense that we've gotten to do a number of, I guess you'd almost call them like informal little focus groups. So for instance, you know, a few years ago, I was able to pull together a group of our listeners just to talk about how they use our radar tool in their relationships. And literally just to get a sense of what works for you, what doesn't work for you, what have been the frustrations or the obstacles that you've run into? Have you customized your radars in any particularly unique or interesting ways? You know, we've done that with a number of different tools so that we don't 
run into that issue of, well, I tried this in my relationship, so therefore it's going to work in everybody's relationships, right? Also, I know a big value for me is paying attention to where ideals meet reality, you know, where ideals sometimes crash into the real. And I think we need to pay attention to that in so many arenas, you know, so it's like we can have these relationship and communication ideals of, yes, we should be calm and collected when we talk to each other, we should be using compassionate language, we should be using I statements instead of you statements, we should be making sure there's enough time for our conversation. Those are the ideals. And then they crash into the reality of, oh my gosh, one of us is sick. Oh, I'm really, really cranking and having a hard time getting myself emotionally calm right now. Oh no, when we started talking about this one thing, all of a sudden it brought up memories of these six other things, you know, of that time when you fucked me over or whatever, felt really hurt or whatever. And so I think I'm really interested in like, how do we bring those two things together? Like how do we kind of create tools and create frameworks that honor our ideals, the way that we want to be communicating in relationship, the way that we want to be in relationship, but also make room for reality, the reality of relationships. And so being able to have a dialogue with our listeners, to have it not just be one-sided, whether it's in these little focus groups that we've done or people who participate in the Patreon group or even people who send us emails about you know, how a particular episode changed their life or their relationships or things like that, that gives us such really, really valuable, rich information about how to knit those two things together. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you know, congrats on what is almost nine years uh, of podcasting with Multiamory and congrats on the book or Dedeker, your second book, uh, yes, is, uh, thank you. <laughs> yes, yes. And to all you uh, for multi-amory essential tools for modern relationships coming out May 23rd. Uh, and, and one more time, you know, where can people go to find you, follow you, take in the rest of your work? Uh, I'll have a link in the show notes so they can pre-order the book or order the book. So the book comes out May 23rd, and you can find the pre-order information at multiamory.com slash book. Additionally, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Multiamory and then Instagram, Multiamory underscore podcast. We also have a Patreon like you, really feels like we just cut from the actual podcast when y'all do the plugs at the end. I was just really, you you really have it on the rhythm. We've done that now. (laughs) Quite a a while, yeah. And hopefully, Billy, yeah. we'll do a New York show maybe this I year. I mean, I we'll want see. to come to New York maybe. all the time. You'll be, you'll be so. the first to know, though. Yeah. I, I look forward to it. I'll keep my fingers <laughs> crossed. Uh, it's always nice to, to see you, whether it's on a screen or in person. Uh, it's been very fun uh, podcasting, kind of, you know, parallel to y'all over the years. Uh, and Emily, welcome to your first appearance on the Man Whore Podcast. Yeah. Hopefully not your last. <laughs> you're, you're my last one left. Yeah, Billy's yes. been trying to catch them all for years. <laughs> right? Okay. Yeah, yeah maybe, maybe we do have to make an appearance again for sure. <laughs> that would be fun. And uh, I encourage all, all the whoreheads to go check out, uh, I'll, I'll link in the show notes, but Jace's episode, Dedeker's episode from last year. Uh, they're really great. And why don't you go ahead and say goodbye to everyone. Bye, everyone. Farewell. Thank you for having us on. Bye, everybody. (laughs) 
The best place to discuss this week's show is on the episode discussion channel in the Champagne Room, our super free, super fun, super sex positive Discord server, complete with its own digital community tree that we are all obsessed with watering. I, I never knew that watering a tree could like become a game, and like I'm starting to understand Farmville because of this thing. Anyways... Go to manwarpod.com slash discord or click the link in the show notes to join us in there. Be the first to share your thoughts. Hey. Uh, And you can also always email me your comments and questions, uh, your criticisms about this week's show, about the show itself, about my face to manwarpod at gmail.com. Again, my birthday is coming up on Monday. And yes, I would love to give you something for my birthday through this uh, false representation of gifting by actually getting something from you, right? I want to give you a free trial to my Patreon community. I want you to give it a try. I want you to test out some of the benefits, the bonus extra content at patreon.com slash podcast or this would be my preferred one. I want you to share a link to the Man Whore Podcast on one of your main social media accounts, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, if it's your real name, uh, the Tiki Talkie. Yeah, do a little dance. Tell people why you like the show. And if you're nervous about like all the sex stuff, you could also just say it's really funny and like you'll love it if you love sex in the city. I think that's your out for being considered still a normal person if you are closeted as an interesting person is just say, oh my God, this is like a guy's version of sex in the city. It's so funny. I'm just saying. Anyways, post a link, tag me, or take a screenshot and shoot me an email. I'm going to send you some free stickers, some free merch. I got some keychains. Who knows? Maybe one of you will get really lucky. I'll throw a t-shirt into the mix. I don't know. Maybe most enthusiastic one get a t-shirt. I mean, I mean, like, fine. Or if you just want to buy me shit, stay closeted about your zest for the podcast. My Amazon wish list is still always, you know, where you can find them. Next week, I've got on Gerard Damiano Jr. He is the son of the director of the cult classic Deep Throat. Champagne Room people, the patrons in the Champagne Room, y'all know about Deep Throat. That was a fun... That's movie night. Until then, everybody, stay slutty. Stay slutty.